So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Man, this is a daily podcast where we have one goal, and that is to help you live a life of confidence and integrity. And the reason you're listening to this is simple. You have a call on your life, you have a purpose, and you may have made some huge steps towards that place of calling and purpose, but there's more. And my goal is to help remove every single barrier that could possibly get in the way of you achieving everything that God has called you to achieve in this life. And the area that we focus on a lot is sexual behavior, pornography, uh, masturbation, other compulsive sexual habits and addictions. Because in my personal experience, um, having an addiction for 15 years myself, but also in my work, just uh, you know, now having worked with hundreds of men, we just see that probably the biggest obstacle guys face is in the area of their sexual lives. And if you look at you know some of the moral failures that have been a bit more public in church circles in the last, well, I mean, really ever, but there's been a lot more of them seemingly the last couple of years, most of them are sexual in nature, right? It's somebody who's having an affair um, or or much worse. You know, there's some really uh, scary stories out there. And so I don't want that to be the case for you. And that's why this podcast exists. So all that is to say, thanks for listening. And if you've ever gotten any value from our episodes, uh, I really have uh, just one favor to ask in return. And that is that you would share this podcast with somebody else that you think would be interested. Maybe you have a relative or a friend or somebody that you know is going to benefit from getting some of this content. And, you know, these are more uncomfortable topics. So sometimes it's not always easy to be like, yeah, you know, I was listening to the porn guy on his podcast the other day and he shared this great nugget, you know? Uh, so sometimes instead of, instead of you know, going with that approach, I mean, hey, if you want to do that, more power to you. But it could just be, hey, you know, check out this guy. I've been listening to him. Um, this episode was really impactful for me. Let me know what you think. Uh, kind of a covert way to bring up the subject without going there directly. But, you know, uh, if it's content that really is going to resonate, then obviously you can have a conversation about it afterwards. So uh, the other way, obviously, is you can just leave a rating or review. That means the world to us. And I'm so grateful for those of you that have done that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I pray that um, I pray that people who need this material will see your reviews, will read it and say, okay, that looks interesting. Let me give it a chance. That's all for the opener. Um, what we're talking about today is plain psychological offense. And this is a little bit of a play on words. As you guys know, I, I am fond of uh, that kind of trickery. Um, so psychological offense, let's, let's actually broaden this a little bit. Um, we all know that in sports, you're playing offense or you're playing defense. Uh, sometimes you're playing both, but generally speaking, you're playing one or the other at any given moment. And we all know that defense is where you are trying to protect something and that you are trying to specifically protect something from someone. So when you play basketball as a defender, you are defending, you know, the the opposition 
and you are trying to protect the rim. You're trying to protect the, your own basket. You don't want them to score on it. When you're on offense, it's obviously different, right? You really have uh, the goal and you have the defender in your way. And there's layers to, to this analogy, Con- tons of different directions we could go in. But this is really, uh, this is an episode where Sathya is just sharing what Sathya has been learning about, trying to implement in his own life, in some ways successfully and in some ways maybe not so much. But I, I think what's, what's happened in our society with the rampant distribution of social media, technology, and just so many avenues of communication is that many of us are caught playing psychological defense. And what I mean by that is we're trying to ward off the phone calls and the notifications and the attacks. You know, it's interesting. I've been paying a little bit more attention in this area. As I mentioned, this is kind of like a a more transparent, like this is not something I've mastered. This is something I am working on trying to understand. And then hopefully one day I'll get to master it as well. But like the, uh, the amount of thoughts that I have in a day just defending hypothetical criticisms or accusation is absolutely fascinating to me. Almost embarrassing, but it happens a lot. And some of that is because I get flack on social media every once in a while. Some of it is because, you know, uh, we we just, we encounter difficulties within the company. And sometimes you hear comments here or comments there. Um, Sometimes I, uh, sometimes it's, it's not that I heard anything, but it's just my insecurity that, that is rising up and causing me to be on the defensive psychologically over, uh, you know, circumstances that literally don't exist. And this is a really bad place to be. We, we are at our worst when we're on the defensive. Um, you know, if you look at any sort of conflict resolution, um, relationship, intelligence, emotional intelligence kind of uh, content or material, the, the goal always is to keep people's defenses as low as possible. Because once somebody's defenses are raised, it is impossible to connect. And on a psychological level, when, when we are psychologically defensive, we fall out of purpose. Nobody, nobody stepped into their calling and their purpose playing psychological defense. It is the people who take charge, the people who take it by storm, who, sure, they have criticisms and accusations and attacks, but it's the people who push forward and, and move on and play offense that actually get stuff done and make a difference in this world. And I want the same to be for you. Now, let me put this in a bit more perspective. Uh, the Bible says that, that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Okay, really think about that. Accuser of the brethren. And our call in life and the greatest commandment we've been given is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? So why would Satan be an accuser of the brethren? I mean, if, if Jesus has already paid the price and we know that on judgment day, like Jesus wins, all the saints win, then why would he spend any time accusing people? Because if I am accused, then I must defend. And if I defend, my walls have come up. Does that make sense? So the enemy works to get us defensive so that our walls come up, uh, which disables connection or certainly diminishes our opportunity for connection, stops us from being able to go on offense, to step into the things we've been called to step into because we're so busy playing psychological defense. Does that make sense? 
we are called to be on the offense. You know, we, I did an episode, uh, maybe a couple episodes on um, spiritual warfare and the armor of God. There's, there's nothing to protect the back of a soldier in the armor of God analogy. Why? Because we were never meant to be on the defensive. We were meant to be offensive, charging forward, moving ahead. So this is our design. And the question is, how do we play psychological offense well in environments where we are naturally prone to play psychological defense? That's the question. Because if we can find a way to stay on psychological offense, you and I will fare much better in this thing called life. Now, on a, on a broader scale, I would say the probably the ultimate expression of this is is peace. Like that's 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 what this looks like through a scriptural lens. Peace is not it's not docile behavior. Peace is not just speaking softly and and gentle and gently. It's not in the mannerisms. Rather peace is a state of mind. It is a um a, a presence of mind that allows us to thwart the attacks of the enemy to disengage the distractions that are vying for our attention that we might stay focused and fixed on the things that are of true value and of true worth to go back really quick to satan being an accuser of the brethren the issue is not that he would accuse us and and we wouldn't have a response or a way to defend ourselves the issue is that we engage with him in the first place See, to, to truly do this well, it, he's the accuser of the brethren. So the exhortation is not, therefore, when he accuses you, work on your defensive skills so that you can get your way out. The, the exhortation is, he's the accuser of the brethren, so don't waste your time. Because any engagement with the accuser of the brethren is going to be from a defensive standpoint, and you are called to be on offense at all times. So plain psychological offense means that we protect the peace that is within us. <clears throat> All of us have peace. You might be like, no, Cynthia, I'm super anxious. Uh, I'm just like high strung. I'm really wired all the time. I don't have any peace in my life. Okay, maybe, maybe it's not visible, but you have it. You do not acquire peace as much as you develop it. We all have peace in our lives. And you may be like, you may think, well, Cynthia, there's moments where, you know, somebody prayed for me or I just felt a peace all of a sudden in a, in a room. So what, what do you mean that it's like I have it and I just have to develop it? Well, in those environments or in those moments where maybe somebody says something to you and you just you can feel the peace that comes with it. It's an encouraging word or you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself over something and they're like, oh, I'm not expecting that from you or I'm not going to be disappointed if you don't you know, meet this mark or whatever it is. The peace that comes... It is, it is not, it's not that they gave you peace, it's that peace became restored. It is simply that peace became real again. We all have peace in our lives, and we are at our best when it is expressed in its purest form. Things like anxiety, um, notifications, stress, these things interfere with our ability to really be at peace, to have a mind that is at rest and that is focused and concentrated on the things that it values. So what I want to do here in the next few minutes is I want to give you just a couple small examples of what it might look like to play psychological offense in this day and age. And these are very practical ways. You can tell this is kind of a, 
a, a clinical spiritual kind of principle or concept but i want to give you some practical applications first one let's talk about your phone okay i rarely answer phone calls and here's the reason why i don't understand why i should have to stop what i'm doing to answer the phone just because somebody else had the thought to call me like let me ask you this okay if i was in a meeting let's say it's, it's you and I, and we're just having a conversation. We had, we had some important things to talk about. You know, you're interested in the program or I'm trying to learn something from you or we're getting to know each other. If, um, if it, right in the middle, you know, as you're sharing openly, my friend walks up to the table and, and says, hey, hey do, you have, do you have a couple minutes to talk? That would be a little bit weird, right? Like, I mean, if they did it kindly, we wouldn't be like totally offended. But it would kind of be strange for them to ask if we had a few minutes to talk when the person can clearly see that I'm talking to you and that you're talking to me. So if I'm in the middle of a work day, I'm in a meeting or I'm working on a project and my phone rings, I'm like, well, hey, this is great. This person's letting me know that they need to talk to me. But if I play psychological offense, I get to evaluate, is this the right time to take a call? And for me, 99% of the time, it's not can go to voicemail and I'll get them back later. Now, sometimes there's calls that I'm waiting for. Obviously, it's different. But again, if I'm waiting for a call, it's still psychological offense because I'm actually choosing to, to engage in the call because I want to. Let's talk about notifications. Okay, I don't have any notifications on my phone. Actually, that's not true. I have um, reminders. Reminders are the only thing I get notified about on my phone. Um, I don't get message notifications um, or anything else. No notifications, uh, none of my apps um, send me notifications. So when I install an app, would you like so-and-so to send you notifications? Disallow, do not allow every single time. And what this means is I respond to messages when I want to respond to messages, right? This is what it looks like to play psychological offense. It means that I'm engaging in these activities. I'm, I'm doing these things when I am ready and willing and able and desirous to do them. And sometimes that means it's a while and sometimes it's pretty quick. I'm actually still really good at getting back to my messages. It's uh, very rare I have unread messages by the end of the day. But I look at my messages at certain times and then I respond to them and then I lock my phone and I carry on with what I'm doing. It allows me to stay on offense. If your phone is lighting up every 30 seconds with a new notification and you're constantly you know, checking over and you're pointing it up and you read a thing or two, you are playing psychological defense because it is the notifications that are running your agenda. They're deciding where your energy and your internal resources are being spent. Plain psychological offense, okay? Uh, you guys know that I am only reading one book this year, and that is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. It is an old book. Um, you know, it's probably not what people would expect. I just felt like I had information overload. And part of the reason is because I, you know, I have this podcast feed, right? Like I love podcasts. That's why I podcast myself. I'm an avid podcast listener. And I had all these podcasts that would come in. My feed would get, um, you know, automatically populated. And then I would, I would just feel overwhelmed. It's like, oh, I have to listen to this and I have to listen to that. And there's no psychological offense in that approach. So now what I do is I refresh the feed on a Monday. I go, yeah, okay, I'm gonna listen to that. Nope, don't want that, delete that. And I, I just start to sort through and play psychological offense. All right, let me give you um, a more 
a more maybe relational example. So in this book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, habit number five is a big one. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. You can only execute this principle if you play psychological offense. Somebody who is defensively minded psychologically will always seek to be understood first before they are willing to understand someone else. And that approach in relationships often makes conflict a very unsafe and volatile place. So with my wife, I I have been like that, you know, just admitting it. Like I have been very quick to prove myself right, to defend my side of it, and to kind of get her to see it my way. And then it's like, okay, now you can tell me your side. Um, that, as, as that sounds offensive, doesn't it? It sounds like you're playing psychological offense because you're taking charge and you're owning it, but actually you're playing psychological defense because the only reason you would need to get your covered side first is if you felt on the defensive. Somebody who is on the, playing psychological offense would never need to do that. They could seek first to understand the other, knowing they're, they're fully safe without being understood first, knowing they have nothing to defend. It is simply just working through some misunderstandings. It's gaining a, a knowledge of the other person's side of it. And in doing so, you're going to disarm them. You're going to keep the safety in the environment, and you're going to give them a chance to then inquire on your side of it. And you can see how all of this ties into what I was talking about earlier, peace, right? Just, you know, keeping the peace intact, protecting it at all costs, doing everything you can to ensure that it stays in the environment and ideally will will grow and will increase as you get better and better and better at playing psychological offense. So what I wanted to do in today's episode, guys, was just give you some ideas, give you some things to think about of what it might look like to play psychological offense in your life, of what it might look like for you to identify the areas where you've been actually really defensive, where notifications or phone calls or somebody in your life seems to be kind of just driving the agenda and it's making you feel a little bit powerless. You know, it's making you feel a little bit out of control. It's making you feel a little bit stressed and a little bit anxious. It's time to play psychological offense. It's time to take things back once and for all so that you can step into everything that God called you to be. Because that's what this is all about. The people who play psychological offense are the people who move mountains. They're the people who change lives. And they're the people whose lives and relationships become enviable because they are of such substance and such quality. That's what I want for you. And so I hope you'll you'll take something from this today. Maybe think about one practical thing that you can apply. What's something that you can do to play psychological offense in your life a little bit more and to really walk into the peace and the fullness of all God has for you. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I wish you an incredible day and I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey everybody, it's Sathya again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. 
And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Cynthia Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.